Welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I am the only twink who can save a cultural in crisis. Happy Pride Month to everyone. Um, it is June 1st when we are recording this. This episode will be out tomorrow, June 2nd. And joining me today is a Goop subscriber and controversially a straight man. It's Basil Seif. Drew, thank you so much for having me. I just want to say for June 1st to have a heterosexual man on as your guest is like so brave. And thank you so much for having me. I display bravery every single day of my life just by existing in this world so i have a question for you justify your presence on this podcast actually that's not a that's not a question that's a why do you exist here on this podcast um i mean that's a great question i um in in a way it's completely unjustifiable i have no business being on this podcast but um, and mind you i did invite you You did invite me, but in the, in a way, I invited myself on this show. And heterosexual people are doing that in in spaces all the time. And I'm just here to riff is really why yeah. I'm here. And I think that that's something we can all get behind. You're so, riffing all over was... my territory, my community. Exactly. Stomping yeah. on it with little tap shoes. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I, I think it's beautiful allyship for you to be here on today of all days. I mean, this is, I just sent you a very invasive image of the angry, <laughs> what can only be described as the Angry Birds beefcake, maybe. <laughs> it was, it is a cursed image. For, for all of the listeners back home, it is a picture of Angry Birds, like, like, execs trying, the, the execs who made the Angry Birds movie. I guess coming out with their June 1st Pride Month, like we support gay rights image. And it's just a massive looking bird with a sexy police outfit on and a pride flag behind. And it says, be proud, Angry Birds Evolution. And it completely, it it broke my phone immediately when I opened <laughs> the image. Um, I, I got a bug and now my phone doesn't work. So um it was a great way to start the pod honestly my favorite thing about that image is that the bird's beak is an underbite like it's this really crazy (laughs) underbite I don't know why I fixed it on that but like it's just like I I guess we're in right (laughs) like I mean I guess we're in such an era of these hyper masculine crimson chin jaw lines but to see that on a translated to a bird as just being a way bigger blower beak for whatever reason really tickled me pink i i think that it's images like that why your podcast is essential because we need somebody in times of crisis like that we need someone to save the culture and it's you so this is why this podcast exists in my opinion i will say like every time of or every pride every year, like the corporations really come out and are like, Chase Bank loves you, faggot. We love you, mama. Yes. 
so like in I also find that so disingenuous and weird but for Angry Birds to just post like a Tom of Finland model <laughs> like on their official feeds mind you this is like a real picture that they post in 2018 like I think that's so much cooler and campier and funnier like more of that like give me like Bugs Bunny in a harness saying like happy pride from all of us here at Warner Brothers from JP Morgan we say thank you yeah <laughs> I I kind of agree honestly I think that if you're gonna do it you gotta commit no like, you definitely it can't just be like a LinkedIn picture with like a rainbow flag. It's gotta be Bugs Bunny strapped up underbite. We support you. I think, yeah, I know I agree. And that definitely, I'm sure as a straight man, you maybe have not seen all the awful online like gay discourse this week about like how there shouldn't be like kink at pride and there shouldn't be all this. That, yeah. okay. Well, I'm sorry that that spilled over on your feed because it is like true nightmare fuel. But like in an era in which like people 10 years younger than us are like no gay people at pride, like <laughs> it's really nice to see like a corporate overlord standing up for the little guy for once. Even if it is Angry Birds Evolution, I think especially <laughs> if it's Angry Birds Evolution. I agree. I mean, it's a he's a fuckable bird for some, <laughs> maybe not us, <laughs> but for some. Uh, I think it's time for our first segment. So we are going to play Go Call the Governor. I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and ancient history, and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers, but your choice is binary. Are you gonna call the governor or not? So today I have a very special pride themed edition for you. Especially themed. And you might be proud of what you find. Are you ready? I was born ready for this. Awesome. All right, so scenario number one. Miles Teller got punched in the face in a Hawaiian bathroom does the governor need to be called? I don't think the governor needs to be called. I I have been a big fan of Miles Teller ever since Whiplash, the days mm -hmm. of Whiplash. But I feel like he's kind of gotten a bad rap as an asshole lately. And maybe maybe a punch in the face is exactly what Miles Teller needs. So I think that we don't call the governor on this. And we let him mull over his actions and that way hopefully you can start making good movies again. Am I wrong? No, I, I think I agree. I, I'll i be honest, I'm not super familiar with Miles Teller's work. Um, I'm more familiar with this like tabloid persona, which is very like this like douchey, like kind of wannabe, he has like wannabe boxer energy almost. Like I, I'm sure he is like looking at what Jake Paul is doing right now and just like gnashing his teeth, like wishing he could be in the <laughs> ring against Floyd Mayweather. Like, but so I cannot really like judge the talent, but it I think it is interesting that he's like only now like coming back after so long. Cause he took a four year break from, from acting more or less. I I also think that it's, I, I was reading about this the other day. Whatever he must've done is crazy because he's with Shailene Woodley, Aaron Rodgers and his wife. Mm -hmm. So like the person that punched him in the face had to see all those famous people, including a like massive six foot, whatever 
M- like Super Bowl MVP in Aaron Rodgers and thought, yes, I'm going to punch Miles Teller in the face. So mm-hmm. like, well, out of those four, he's the most punchable one. I mean, out of most people, I think he's the most punchable. You know, he's got a punchable face. There's no doubt. It's a good looking face, but it's a punchable face, certainly. The funniest um, part of all this to me is that they were just two randos who jumped him to like not someone who has like a major vendetta or like was planning this out. They literally just saw him and were like, this guy needs a swift kick in the pants face. Okay. <laughs> a swift kick in the pants. Maybe they did kick him in the balls too. And if they did, at least Miles Teller's back in the news, you know? And maybe this means he starts making movies again. Could be great. Well, he is starring in Top Gun Maverick, but let's put a pin on this for a second because we're going to move on to the second cultural scenario miles teller is married to kelly sperry the heiress to the sperry topsider fortune does the governor need to be called i think the governor needs to be called okay well i also forgot to give important context kelly is spelled k-e-l-e-i-g-h i think we need to i think we need to round up every governor we can find for this one I all think 50 that, i think that the governors need to shut down sperry's and they need to shut down la sperry this is absolutely i also had no idea that this was real until you said that the fact that miles teller married the heiress of the sperry fortune is yeah. just like what a horrible look also <laughs> is this just miles teller <laughs> it's literally pride month and this is all miles teller themed. I mean, not to spoil the third thing, but yes, there it is. Um, I was, I mean, I told you there was not a lot going on in the news this week. So I had to get kind of creative for this segment. And I didn't want to ask if you were like in the cilantro or something like I sometimes do on this podcast. But so we both have unfortunately deep experiences with Sperry topsiders and boat shoes in general. Are you out of that phase or are you kind of still I'm, toddling around? I'm I'm completely out of the Sperry phase. I I can proudly say I uh, it took me a while. Uh, it took a lot of counseling. It took a lot of uh, looking in the mirror. But after years of wearing Sperrys every day at my all boys high school, I can proudly say that I'm Sperry free. Um, so I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm assuming you're spare free, are you? S- similarly, I'm in recovery. Um, have not put on a Sperry since I ruined my last pair walking around in a tidal pool. Um, they just got soaked <laughs> through. For boat shoes, like you'd think they'd be more waterproof than they actually are, but I was like skipping They're around not looking. At not at all. Not at all. And like <laughs> they... I had like gone to this like state park to like look for sea urchins and starfish did not find a single one and root like the shoes were sopped through like the dye was coming out of the leather to the point where I was like is this even real leather like I didn't think that could happen to shoot. I think we need to I okay I have so uh, many questions here first of all when you say you were looking for sea urchins and starfish was this just like a like kind of an aesthetic vibe kind of thing you were just like i'm gonna go like pixie pixie stardust kind of go look for starfish and like and, and this is just my vibe now or yeah. is it like what was what was the mood zoe Deschanel picked me up on. in her volkswagen beetle and i just we drove out there no i like it's this state park up in malibu 
and they're like known yeah. for their title pools and I had never been to the t- a title pool before like it just was not close there was just never one close to me growing up in DC like in like Ocean City and Rehoboth we just didn't have shit like that so I was like oh like I'm gonna go see all these beautiful things and I love like aquarium culture so I was like okay like this is just like an aquarium outside it's nature's aquarium the ocean <laughs> it's an aquarium outside. but I didn't see anything except like a sea anemone where you like poke the finger in <laughs> which I don't think you're supposed to do it like squirts water at you which is like fun the first time, not so fun when it's like the only thing there. Especially when you've got your Sperry's wet already and like you're already in a bad mood. But... And I wore denim. <laughs> that was, uh, there. there's like a picture of me on this insertion. I have like my like boot cut jeans rolled up to my knees and it, it just is a horrible vibe all around. But like I do, I support the ocean. I don't like what it's withheld from me, but I do support the ocean itself and people who want to walk outside nature i think that's super brave i think that that's super brave support right there supporting the ocean i'm 100 for that i'm backing that (laughs) well thank you and speaking of support i think it's time for the third scenario miles teller sends cryptic tweet amid aaron Rodgers packers rift the tweet says cheers to signing with the packers posted with a picture of himself and Kelly Sperry. Wait, I haven't seen this tweet. I, he said congrats to on signing with the Packers? Yeah, but it wasn't, Aaron Rodgers was not in this photo. It was just a picture of Miles and Kelly Sperry. Kelly Sperry. I, I don't even know what we would call the governor for on this. I think Miles Teller is just a little too deep in his bag, and I'm not – I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I think I think in general, I want the governor – I want to call the governor on Miles Teller. There needs to be, like, a, a, a FEMA response monitoring this I situation. Think, I think we need an entire department on Miles Teller emergency response. And, like, I think the governor is probably the head of that, but I – Mm-hmm. I don't like what's coming out of Miles Teller's mouth with the the tweets or anything. Oh, this this whole Sperry news. This I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I can't say I'm a fan anymore. I mean, he we much like those cicadas. We did not see him very often <laughs> for the past few years. And now that he's reemerging, he is causing a ruckus. Like. I, I I do also think that this is very presumptuous of him to post anything about the Packers because I'm pretty sure he's not friends with Aaron. He's just friends with Shailene, which is its old, like that's all its own can of worms. Like I'm sure he and Aaron Rodgers just met on this vacation and he's already being like chummy broy. I don't know. If I don't I don't joke like someone or joke like that with someone I've only known for like a few days. Especially someone that high profile going through something at work, like. It's, it's it is something I at mean, work that's a good way to put it, is, it right i mean yeah. what is it if not something at work it's work i i need miles teller to take a few xanaxes and just relax i think yeah i, I it, similar to the cicadas it was fun at first but i just need him to like pop up eat shit fuck and then maybe like die you know honestly at this point like Maybe not die, but like just no, no, no. You you heard it here first, folks. Basil Seath 
wants Miles Teller to die. That is his Pride Month wish. And we've got it in writing. So I we think have. the governor should be called on me, honestly. Maybe so. Maybe so. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. Basil, what cultural emergency are you bringing to the ER today? I'm here to talk about Wonka, specifically Timothy Chalamet's gritty Wonka movie that's coming out. Um, it was it was announced, I guess, like a week ago now that Timothy Chalamet is going to be playing a young Willy Wonka in a movie. And I was kind of talking about it with some friends because on the one hand, I think it's completely unhinged casting from Hollywood. But on the other hand, I think it makes so much sense. And thinking back to like the Tim Burton Wonka, mm -hmm. I'm starting to wonder, is Timothy Chalamet trying really hard to be Johnny Depp? Oof. His, I guess, like girlfriend, ex-girlfriend's father, mm -hmm. Lily Depp. And it's like, there are reports that maybe they're still dating or not dating. And I'm just kind of like, it's all very confusing to me. And I'm just kind of curious, is he, is Johnny Depp what Timothy Chalamet is striving for? And is that a good thing? That is so much to process. I had not even considered the Johnny Depp of it all. Just, I mean, honestly, because I just forgot about that Tim Burton Wonka. Like that... I don't know was how such you nightmare forgot fuel. about the Tim Burton Wonka. It has been seared into my brain for all of time, honestly. I, I just cannot stand that movie. Like, I, the original Gene Wilder Willy Wonka is one of my favorite childhood movies. I actually hum the music all the time to myself. Like, I find that movie so delightfully charming and so good at capturing the spirit of what that book actually is. That the Burton one is such a travesty like I think it is interesting like Johnny Depp is the first point you look at too because I feel like so many people compare Timmy to Leo DiCaprio but Leo DiCaprio wasn't doing like franchise he's never done franchise movies he's only done like original concept stuff and like Johnny Depp like got a second win basically doing like Pirates of the Caribbean onward to the point where that's kind of all right. he does now and, that's, and Timmy's about to be in Dune, which is like, assuming that oh, the yeah. first movie goes great, it's going to end up being a <laughs> franchise. He's now in Wonka. Um, he's obviously done like one-offs. He's going to be in the French Dispatch later this year. Yeah. But I, I'm just in general, I'm using, I wanted to use this as a, like a framework to talk about his career in general, because I think he's like a, a fascinating shooting star in Hollywood, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's so interesting because i i feel like the wonka no matter how you think about johnny depp's wonka portrayal i think i i kind of personally like it just because it's so weird but like i definitely don't revisit it the way that i revisit the old wonka movie like the original wonka movie mm -hmm. but it is kind of like one of the more memorable things that johnny depp has been in in the last 10 15 years and I just think it's super interesting because I think there's definitely a world where Timothy Chalamet ends up doing a lot of similar stuff to him. And I'm like yeah. very fascinated by that. Um, and also with like the love life whole thing. I don't know. 
Maybe some interesting Oedipus complex stuff in here for Lily Rose Depp. Who's to say? Who who is to say? And so I think about like that photo of them kissing on the boat all the time where he is like, I mean, it's like, you know, when like mama birds feed their young, like it really has that sort of like sexual aesthetic to me. Like it's, it's not recognizably human in any way, shape or form. That was a doomed romance from the start. He looks like he's becoming completely undone on that boat. Like he just looks like he is coming apart like silly string. And it's, it's what a, what a miracle of a picture. It's, I mean, he's just pale, like limbs akimbo. He looks like someone like dropped a stack of index cards, like just all (laughs) over the deck of a boat. And I don't, um, I will say as a gay man, I don't find him especially like hot to me I get it I see it like we are in like I mean god forbid we're in a twink era right now like this is like twink supremacy and he is probably the foremost straight twink right now give or take a Sean Mendez maybe um but it's like I don't I don't know I like I I do find him like very talented though and I like his personality he's a barb which obviously I like respect i feel i feel like he is an interesting case of like i've seen some videos of him from high school where he's like he's rapping and stuff Mm -hmm. with some friends and it's just it it, it's i i almost can't get a pulse on timothy chalamet i can't like because the first time i saw him was in ladybird Mm-hmm. Um, and then call me by your name and obviously Greta Gerwig like loves him and like talked about how great it was to work with him and I'm like okay if Greta loves him like he must be great yeah and then you see stuff like that and he's kind of I think he seems like he's got like some like I don't I don't want to speak too broadly but he seems like he's got some like fuckboy tendencies oh for his two best friends are Pete Davidson and Kid Cudi like that is a very particular squad right and so it's just like a very interesting kind of like niche he's carving out for himself. And I'm so curious to see what that, how that's going to manifest itself. Because like when I think about Timothy Chalamet, I feel like if there was a, if there was a remake of the Johnny Depp movie, Chocolat, Mm-hmm. he would be like the star yeah you know he, what I mean? absolutely like, like there's no question to me and so it's just like interesting that there are parallels there and also there have been like rumors that lily rose depp and him got back together and so that's like an interesting yeah. like subplot to all of this i don't know his dating history is very interesting in that like in high so he went to laguardia high school which is like a big performing arts high school in new york he was there at the same time as the now canceled Ansel Elgort, who I think is like one of his two main competitors. Well, it's it's Timmy Ansel and Lucas Hedges, who I feel like we can maybe get into that too. But like he went, it's the same high school that like Nicki Minaj and Azalea Banks went to too. So like, you know, it's a very chaotic kid high school in general. Like I cannot- Icons. I, a true icons. icons. Um, but in high school, he dated- Madonna's daughter Lourdes who's like a downtown icon these days like then moved on to Lily Rose Depp 
then dated that Isa Gonzalez woman from like Baby Driver. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who like left him for Josh Duhamel. So like there it's a tangled web of people like and it's not very consistent in its aesthetics either beyond just like vaguely the daughter of like famous people. So I don't know where we go from here. I honestly, if his ex ended up with Josh Duhamel, I think the next logical conclusion is Timothy Chalamet maybe slides into Fergie's DMs and sees what's up. Don't, don't put know. that out it there. It could be crazy. Don't put that That's out there in the universe. You need to put out at the end of at the end of quarantine. You know, I mean, the world's she, opening up again, and you know I want she do it. Timothy Chalamet to. <laughs> <laughs> she dated Justin Timberlake when he was sixteen and she was twenty three. You know she'd do it. So. <laughs> I I actually did not know that, and it's blowing my brain right yeah. now. This wow. is a learning podcast for you today. <laughs> like, I don't think, is that okay to date a 16-year-old boy when you're 23? I don't think so. What? Fergie. Only God can judge. Nope, no, 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 it's definitely not okay. Oh, my God. Drew, you cannot scare me like that. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I... <laughs> I'm super interested to see what happens with Timothy Chalamet in the next couple of years between like Wonka. Um, I'm really excited for the French Dispatch. Like oh, not too. just for him, obviously. Absolutely yeah. stacked cast. Like so, so like maybe the movie I'm most excited for post I, I mean, like not um, to be like annoying, but I've never seen a Wes Anderson movie I didn't like like right. so much. So it, I'm, it's going to be right up our alleys for sure. And Dune and then, looks good too. Dune does look really good. Yeah. Dune looks great. And I'm like excited for him and Zendaya to be in something together. Like, I feel like that's going to be good chemistry. And, and they're both Zendaya. like sort of the totems of new Hollywood too. Right. Like, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just super fascinated to see, to, to see the choices that he makes in the next couple of years. If it ends up being like, maybe reverting to more like indie stuff the way Johnny Depp kind of did a little bit at the beginning of his career um and then you know or if it's like leaning really hard into the dune stuff and I don't know maybe maybe this isn't maybe this is an imperfect comparison but I just like when he was casting the Wonka thing I just could not stop thinking about like this is Johnny Depp pre-problematic whatever and obviously there's like a lot going on with Johnny Depp now yeah. and, you know not, not none of it's good but I'm just like super interested to see the decisions he makes he's also supposedly in I think I was reading that he's in like a Bob Dylan biopic oh yeah I, there, be there's biopic. been rumblings about that for a long time um he's also I know currently filming the, a new like Luca Guadagnino movie about like a cannibal that yeah. unfortunately yeah. is very timely concerned to army hammer allegations but like i know was <laughs> written several years prior so i mean that's a whole i don't i can't talk about that right now like, i i kind of thought you were doing a bit just now and i was like yeah keep going keep going. no 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 but that's I, unfortunately no, real life I, I i remember seeing that he was in a lucas webzinho movie and i had no idea that it was about a cannibal that is like yeah it's you can't make that shit up you that can't I, I mean much like the 2006 world will ferrell movie it's stranger than fiction that's why he's the best folks 
That's why he's the crisis twink. Ah, big cheers! The audience is like crying, laughing right now. People are losing um, their minds. <laughs> like everyone's like propeller beanie is just like launching <laughs> off into space right now with that timely joke. Um, I think to, to take it back to a, a serious, thoughtful place for a second. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do think that both Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp had the benefit of early on in their careers not having to be tied to like franchises in general. I don't think you can really do that and be a movie star in today's day and age because the only big hit movies are these like franchise movies. Right. Yeah, we're living in like a completely IP dominated Hollywood. But I feel like I feel like Timothy Chalamet has already well, I don't know. It's interesting. Like you brought up Lucas Hedges and like what other than just like A20, every A24 movie that's ever been like produced and created, like what movie, what big blockbuster things has Lucas Hedges really been in, you know? He's talked about he doesn't want to do that. Like, I think he's very content to just go down the character actor route, which is a big choice to make for someone so young, because I think he's our age. I don't think he's He's much older than that. So he's definitely not um, going to achieve the same sort of stratospheric success, though, of like, I mean, Timmy just seems like predestined for that sort of thing. Yeah. And and I, I almost wonder if he's going to be like in on the bit or not of like, I'm sure there are going to be movies that are going to be made with Timothy Chalamet where it's going to be very much like I am the biggest actor in Hollywood maybe in a couple of years and it, it almost reminds me of like Brad Pitt's Troy days when he was just making movies mm-hmm. because he was the biggest star in Hollywood and people wanted to see him with his shirt off not that everybody's like clamoring to see Timmy with his shirt off necessarily but I mean, I mean I, so the Tumblr girlies <laughs> are just foaming at the mouth for that so speak speak for ourselves here I but I don't know. I think that at, at a certain point in like a big movie star's career, they have to decide whether or not they're going to be in on the joke of their fame, I guess. If yeah. that makes sense. Like poking fun at their own fame and being like very aware of the meta context of, of the roles they take and their, their own stardom. And I'm very curious if Timmy is like the type of person who leans into that the way like people like Brad Pitt eventually did. And then you get the whole thing of like, you know, uh, like leading man in a, in a, um, in a, what should we call it? What, what's the saying with Brad Pitt? I'm blanking right now. Well, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. <laughs> Wait, I, 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 I genuinely don't know where you're going. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The thing, the thing that everybody says how Brad Pitt is like a leading man in a, um, or is a, Character actor in a leading man's body. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm curious if if Timothy Chalamet is going to become very like hyper aware of his own fame and the way that Brad Pitt kind of did in some respects, I think, and picked roles accordingly, or if it's going to be very much just check chasing, like I want to be the biggest star in Hollywood, and it doesn't necessarily matter what movies i pick but i don't know like maybe that's uncharitable because right now he you know like he's been an amazing movie so far. oh yeah say what you will about call me by your name but like great movie um 
I mean, Lady Bird is like one of my favorite movies of the past five years too, and he's like a big part of why that movie works as well as it does. He was so good in that. He was so good in Lady I mean, Bird, and his, I remember being like, "His hit rate's Who is great." That fucking dying about? Yeah, totally. I didn't watch that beautiful boy movie because I don't like addiction movies, but I heard he's. I mean, the movie's probably not that great from what I can tell. I mean, you're more of a Steve Carell head than I am, so I will, yeah, I'll let I, you say. I kind of psychotically went to that by myself on like a Saturday morning. Oh. Um, it was weird, weird vibe. Um, I, I mean, it's a good movie. And I think that both of the main actors, Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet, are like throwing their fastballs and really delivering. Mm-hmm. I still think it was like a very well-written movie necessarily. It was just kind of thematically a little weird and like the, some yeah. of the scenes we just kind of weren't stitched well together but i thought they were both good in it but i don't know it, it was an interesting movie for sure i think it's you say like the brad pitt thing is like he's a character actor in a leading man's body i think it's almost the opposite with timmy like i think you can have mega wattage star power in both of these scenarios Without getting too provocative on this episode, it'll be interesting to see how he ages. That, yeah. Like, I have a tough time envisioning him out of, like, the the second I am viewing him in. Like, because he's, I think he's, two, he's 23, 24. Like, I mean, he's, he's accomplished a lot for, like, such a young actor. And it... I mean, a few episodes ago, we talked about um, Zac Efron and how hard it is to try to like transition from like this view of how everyone sees you when you're like in your late teens, early twenties into like, you know, you're like early to mid thirties. Like that's a pretty difficult transition to navigate. And I wonder how Timmy's going to do it outside of just like, because I can't see him. Can you see him in a Marvel movie? Uh, No, I think he's too aloof. I think he's too I think he's already too not mainstream for that like even the movie that he even the mainstream IP movie that he's doing is like kind of like a like an old sci-fi classic you know what I mean and it feels kind of not hipstery but it just feels like a little off the beaten path in a way that feels like it's very him right now I think it's kind of fair to say that it is sort of like a hipster alternative to like a Star Trek or Star Wars, right. like, I mean, because it's directed by Denis Villeneuve, too, who's, like, I mean, just, like, one of, like, the directors in the moment right now, like, a true, like, auteur. Yeah. It's not like he's working with, like, J.J. Abrams doing fuck all, like. Well, and it's it's cool, and I, I, it's hard to figure out if actors pick this stuff very knowingly, or if actors get lucky, particularly someone as young as Timothy Chalamet is, like, is he lucky that like his kind of big break was with Greta Gerwig or did he like consciously say, I want to work with Greta Gerwig. I want to seek that out. And then Luca Guadagnino and then now Denis Villeneuve. Like, I I mean, it's, it's definitely a testament to the fact that he's got good taste. Oh yeah. Or that he's just super lucky and he's just, you know, falling ass backwards into these great roles. I also, a movie we didn't talk about, that I mm-hmm. have revisited a couple times during COVID, and like, also because Lily Rose Depp is also in it, The King. 
just oh that's the one with like robert pattinson being yeah insane i haven't well he's where insane robert in everything pattinson these days but... won, the one where robert pattinson should have won an oscar honestly i still haven't seen that that came out like early really core, good. right it was it was actually 2019 oh wow but it was on netflix and it was kind of under the radar I well that's the all those netflix to... movies are like they yeah. they get like one week of buzz and press and then like you forget about it the next like yeah no but it's good it's like joel edgerton's in it um Timothy chalamet robert pattinson obviously yeah um the one creepy dude that's always he's the bad guy in all those mission impossible movies and he's oh, oh bad guy um sean sean harris or whatever his name is i something I like think that that's right yeah yeah he's just like so spooky but he's he's really good in it the thing and about then Lily Rose Depp, which is i'm pretty sure they made it oh yeah the thing about Britain is that you can be an the thing about Britain um (laughs) you can make a movie in Britain with like 15 guys named Sean and they're all different (laughs) people but they're all named Sean like it just it doesn't they don't have like stage names over there the way that we do over here like Though I am glad that, like, Timothy Chalamet did not change his name because, like, you know, in, like, a different Hollywood era, he would have had to, like, change his name to Tim Chambers or something, (laughs) like. Did he not, though? Because he's, like, consciously making the decision to go Timothy accent on. Yeah. As opposed to, like, I'm sure he just went by Tim Chalamet in high school. Oh, no, he's Tim. Like, people call him Timmy. Right, but like, like Timmy Chalamet him. sounds like a kid actor, though. That's like Timmy not Chalamet even. Chalamet sounds like Timmy Turner. It literally sounds like he's like he's like the the live action, fairly odd parents. Well, maybe that's the next pivot. I mean, he. I think he can still, unlike Ben Platt, I think he can still like convincingly play like a teenager, pretty easily. Hey, I I think Ben Platt looked fifteen years old in that trailer, and I stand by it. I see you have your glasses on now, but did you, when you watched the trailer? No, no. I, I, <laughs> that was so it's, it is, I mean, that, that is so, ins- like, the whole property is so insane in general. Like, do you know what that musical is about? It's not about a gay I, teen. That's what I thought. I right. What was the musical originally about? Because I thought it was one thing, and then I watched the trailer, and now I'm super confused. Okay, I'm going to see if I can explain this, like, objectively and accurately as, like, a hater of the musical. So, Evan Hansen is a high schooler who's, like, unpopular, dweeby, has anxiety, like, breaks his arm, is in a cast, like, whatever, nerd. Right. He does this, like, exercise where he, like, writes letters to himself to, like, as, like, a form of self-love, which is beautiful and therapeutic, I'm sure, and some bully finds it in the printer takes it tries to reach out to evan hansen evan hansen's like no fam like i can't do this you're a bully and then the bully kills himself i'm sorry i'm not laughing it's just like it's really crazy that this is all set to music the bully kills himself and he has the note the titular dear evan hansen therapy note in his possession and his family thinks that it's like the bully's last will and testament so evan hansen becomes like a symbol of the marginalized and he like lies about everything to like fuck the bully's sister essentially (laughs) like that's what it's about that's the end 
no that's not the end like he gets like a comeuppance or whatever but i mean like that's the setup that's just the setup okay real talk evan hansen sounds like a huge jerk no i think that's the point but like they miscalculated i think a few things fraught the whole thing sounds fraught and this is why i don't watch broadway musicals wouldn't it just be easier if he were a gay teen it would be simpler. Yeah, right. That's the one time I'm ever you gonna see that. Gonna... <laughs> like <laughs> in this case, it's true. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what are the odds that they just pivot and that's the okay, wait, but that's what the trailer made the movie seem like. So it's is that right then? Is that what the is that what the movie is about also? Yeah, more or less. Okay. The, I, the trailer basically outlined the entire plot of the musical. It's just that the disconnect between what people think the musical is about versus what it's actually about is so completely steep. different. And what it actually is is outlandish. Completely just I the the whole Ben Platt playing, like Ben Platt's how old now? 27. He looks older than 27 with the makeup on. It, he it's a a weathered 27 you know what the only thing i see whenever i see ben platt in that trailer the only thing i think about is that show chad that is uh <laughs> on you know what I'm talking when the about? Drop? <laughs> when the when the drop? plays a little boy in high school that's the only thing i see just like a weathered like person under makeup and a wig and i'm just like what are we doing what oh are we my doing? god really? <laughs> chad not even like pen 15 chad oh my god no i mean think of like timmy seems to have like better taste than <laughs> ben platt does in projects though like I know that like the musical was basically written for Ben Platt. This movie's like designed to get Ben Platt an Oscar. And I truly am like, who wanted that? <laughs> who wanted that? But I I mean Timmy can't sing though, and he can obviously rap. So if they ever do like a, a like a Nicki Minaj jukebox musical, he could play like Roman Zelansky. <laughs> or I don't know how familiar you are with the Barb canon, but <laughs> I don't I can't I, explain I, that. So that's, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's that's way too much heavy lifting for you on the first day of of, of Pride Month. I know I can't gonna, perform all this emotional man, labor. No, mm-hmm. I'm literally not gonna ask you to do that. You're already being so brave having me on right now. All I'm going to say is that I find Timmy rapping offensive. I don't want to see it. I don't personally. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I, I think I, like, my brain agrees with you for sure. My heart finds it charming. Like, I do think it is, it's so silly and stupid. Like, it is so, like, theater, high school kid, like, glee energy. And that is. It's just like, what in the Sammy Adams are we doing right oh. now? Is every time I watch, every time I watch that rap video, I'm just like, yeah. See them throw down. But I don't know. I'm I don't trying know. to, th- is there, so. I guess we can wrap up this segment by saying, like, what do you think is the best case scenario for Timmy Chalamet going forward, career-wise? And, or, like, what was your ideal version of it? 
I really want him to keep making movies with it's weird. I I want him to keep making movies with auteurs in a way that he can he can still make like smart interesting movies and i hope that he doesn't lean so far into the ip the the like hollywood ip thing that mm-hmm. he is like being cast in marvel movies or that he's making like the next pirates of the caribbean movie to to circle back to to yeah. where we started <laughs> but like I, like i think that the dune thing is really unique because it's like a big ip thing it's kind of uncharted territory and he's working with one of the best working directors out there right now. So like if he keeps carving this like new niche for himself, like I'm all for that. I just don't want like the, I don't want the gritty Johnny Depp backstory movie or like whatever else. I hope they lean into making Wonka, especially this like as much of sort of like a candy coated, like, fun land as possible like i mean the rule doll book itself is so dark like i mean there is no i'm not a doctor i say this every episode i'm not a doctor but there is no way in hell that you should be able to get sucked up a chocolate tube and live to tell the tale like that does not seem survivable to me though that didn't seem like not okay i can't get into why i think that was not much of a punishment anyway actually on this podcast i've got time if you've got time no i just think like i mean he like came out like six five and skinty that doesn't seem that bad to me like augustus gloop came out snatched (laughs) like i think that's fine like send me up the chocolate too why don't we talk about it more why don't we talk about augustus gloop's amazing transition and why aren't people doing it more I think those other kids got fucked over, <laughs> like, for their bad behavior. Like, I I mean, Violet Beauregard's blueberry illusion was not, that does not seem aspirational to me. Yeah, that was a tough beat for Violet, I'm not gonna lie. Tough for her. Wait, I got so derailed just now. I don't remember what I was talking about. Oh, no, no. I hope I hope it's, like, a good, like, reboot that's, like, candy-coated, but, I mean, gritty enough, like, in the rolled doll way, not in, like, a... Like, I don't oh, need right. to see, like, the jokerification of Willy Wonka. Like, I don't need to see how he got into candy. Like, he probably got yeah. into candy the same way we all got into candy. We just like fucking candy. Like, it's not that if crazy. If I hear one... If I hear one thing on this Wonka press tour about the King of Comedy, the movie, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want any like allusions to old Scorsese. Like, let's just like have a normal Wonka movie, not make it the Joker. Completely agree. Also, why, quick thing, why aren't they making the sequel of the Wonka movie? Oh, yeah. Like, like why an, are we making a prequel? Where like Charlie is like in charge of the factory and he's like losing his. Like the love for candy or whatever but but isn't there the yeah like old charlie isn't there a glass like isn't there another book after the charlie and chocolate factory oh yeah the great glass elevator i think it's called i don't remember what happens in that one because i haven't read it since i was probably like six or seven but me neither it's no they could do that but i mean that's like less of a beloved ip like i think um the litmus test for like recent rolled doll adaptations was that like Robert Zemeckis and Hathaway witches movie that just came out on HBO max. Like, I don't think people liked that very much or saw it. Um, just because, I mean, the, 
I like that book a lot and the original movie with Angelica Houston's really good, but I don't think kids these days know much of Roald Dahl except for like Willy Wonka. And they probably grew yeah, up with the Johnny Depp days, one, which is kids distressing. Kids these days don't read enough Roald Dahl. I, shake your fists out of shaking, shaking my fist is a cloud. Um, I think, no, I think that's a good place to leave. Like, I would love, like, Timmy to grow. I mean, we there is, like, a template, I guess, for, like, successful, like, movie star character actor toggling types. Like, I think, like, Colin Farrell and Jude Law are both really good examples of, like, leading men. I like Jake Gyllenhaal, even, are, like, leading yeah, men totally. who can do character actor shit really well. Have not, like, they do a little bit of IP here and there, like a Sherlock Holmes, uh, um, like a Dumbledore, like that kind of thing. <laughs> a Dumbledore. I'm like some studio exec, like, give me, get me five more Dumbledores made before the end of the year. Like, um, but like, they've all maintained like artistic integrity or they've like bottomed out and done true detective season two. Like they're, you take there risk will be in no Hollywood. Colin Farrell slander while I'm here. Absolutely no Colin Farrell slander while I'm here. Oliver, I can respect that. I can respect that. But well, I think it might be time for our final segment. We're gonna I'm on ready. this on this day of pride. We're gonna play tear the community apart. Carries an extra little weight of importance today, as as you are a straight man tearing a community apart today. Um, which you've done, your, your kind has done before, it will do again. Um, another instance in two seconds here. So the rules are simple. I've picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Easy. Perfect, perfect. Doing something a little interesting today. So these two songs are both late 2000s rap staples that sort of paved the way for this like indie boy sing rap that many have copied, few, if any, have reached the summit again. Which is the better song? Heartless by Kanye West or Day and Night by Kid Cudi? Wow. This is literally tearing me apart, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go. Oh, this is brutal. Okay, I'm gonna go heartless. Wow. Because I saw Kanye in high school, mm -hmm. and he performed Heartless Live, <laughs> and it was very moving. Um, but I mean, I love Kid Cudi. Day and Night was an absolute staple in high school. I, this is very difficult. Why'd you have to put me in this position, Drew? Everyone has this, to go through it. I will say that uh, you're the first person in like a few episodes that has not immediately answered one thing or another. I'm glad that you are torn apart yourself by this. Like We have to think about this. I'm here for the critical analysis. I don't just tear apart communities willy-nilly, you know? I, well, thank, I thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> um no this is a hard one for me too like i i um i i know it's not fashionable to say so but like i'm a huge kanye fan have been since basically jump um not as big of a cutty fan 
in general, just because I think it's a little too like stoner college rap for me, which has never been like the kind of rap that I gravitate towards. I will say I saw them at Camp Flognaw, like Tyler the Creators Festival a few years ago together because they were touring for Kids See Ghosts. And they did both of these songs on the set list. And it was electric to hear both live. Obviously, Day and Night is like the banger out of these two, I think, but. Totally. I feel like Day and Night is definitely the banger, but I feel like Heartless is probably the more. If you want to talk about the one that's like influenced the most music since, it's definitely Heartless, right? Like Heartless, the way it uses the auto tune and everything. And I also, I listened to uh, the Dissect podcast, if you've mm-hmm. ever listened to it, but they did the one about um, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and they went back and did some of the 808s and Heartbreak stuff. Yeah. And apparently that's, like, all about his, like, mom passing away and stuff. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, it definitely like, has more weight to it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has more weight to it. But I... I similarly wasn't a huge Cuddy person in high school, but got into it, into him a little more in college. Cuddy but... is a big call. I mean, just like every frat party we ever went to probably had like at least two Cuddy songs on the playlist. Like some like, yeah, totally. this song is sick remix, but like, I'm sure like something like, I feel like day and night in and of itself is maybe not a banger, but like all the like remixes attached to it like sort of elevated that into a party rock or party rap like staple in a way that it kind of isn't just in its original incarnation but heart I mean heartless is obviously like so sad and like introspective 808 is not an album I revisit very often like within his canon it's I I listen to 808s every once in a while it's good it's like super what he did what he was doing on that was like so like kind of revolutionary it's like really interesting to think about it like in hindsight but it's interesting to contextualize it too like autotune had been a thing for a minute right around that time period but it was mostly in like the like people like t-pain and flowrider were using it and it was seen as like sort of anti-musical Almost. It's interesting how, like, the minute Kanye does it, everyone was like, oh, like, this can be great art. This can be fabulous. This can be highbrow. It's it's also weird that they were doing that with people like T-Pain. It's the same thing that was, like, with sampling. The same thing Kanye did with sampling. Like, he started sampling songs, and people were like, oh, this is art now. And it's like, oh, well, why wasn't it art when people before were doing it? Yeah, I mean, like, so much of 90s rap is built off of sampling. Like, I don't, yeah, I... But I mean, I think that's part of just like Kanye's whole projected genius vibe in general. I mean, he's always basically from day one been anointed as as this new savior, this like godlike talent. And we've obviously seen how that has warped him into what he is today. Infected his brain, yeah. Just completely broken, (laughs) a broken man. In many ways um but i yeah i mean and cuddy is very obviously like i mean he i think he he is a protege he is like a kanye protege like signed to the label still is signed to the label but i don't i mean i think i i think i agree with you that heartless is better but like day and night is like so good though 
Day and night to buy. And like, if you ask me who I'd rather hang out with right now, it's like, oh yes, <laughs> so like, gonna toss that one out there. Because Cuddy's bringing Timmy too, so that's you know that's a party right there. Break out and the Quavazier. The what? I said Pete and his new teeth too. Come on. Oh that's yeah, those like, are it's like those chiclet chompers there. <laughs> square and white um they look good they look good I mean like I I support anyone who wants to get veneers <laughs> I just sometimes I they're a little too big so and you got to be careful hey but, Pete we know you're listening you look great oh he looks phenomenal um and I do support him and I think this is a good segue to plugs i recently wrote an article for culturepig.substack.com about um pete davidson's sexual allure for lack of a better word so if you want to read that go uh, go on to culture pigs you can read for free subscribe if you'd like to get them directly to your inboxes and otherwise i can be found at fka pigs with a z on twitter and drew haskins on instagram with two z's I never plug myself before the guest does. This is so, so rude. I'm, I'm infringing on your space. It was a natural transition. I don't think, I don't think this, a segue is ever worth jeopardizing a friendship (laughs) (laughs) and just the basic concept of etiquette. And I will do better in future episodes. I promise that to my listeners. And to you. All I'll say, all I'll say is, it's Pride Month, and if you want to plug first, you have every right to, and I want to support you. That's that's really beautiful. Um, <laughs> I mean, like you could, you it's just a beautiful little love wins at the sentiment, and I do think love won today on today's podcast. Ultimately, I think love. I think love's the big winner on this pod. It's heartless and love, I think, are the two big winners on this podcast. Maybe. Just maybe. And Luca Guadagnino's new cannibal movie, potentially. <laughs> Which I think it's called, Um, I want to say it's called Flesh and Bone. I don't think, that might not be right, but, or like Bones Chill. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's, it's something really crazy. Winter's Bone 2. Oh, wait. That way? Okay, I forgot that that was a movie. Um, oh my god, wait, so is there anything, where can people find you on social media? Where can they see your ass bopping around? Lord, <laughs> it's not I, I mean, 2021, 2021, I have promised my followers that I'm going to start posting more ass shots on Maine. So if you want to see some of that good content, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SpicyBasil1 um, or on Instagram at, at add add underscore some underscore basil um yeah as far as things to pl- things to plug it's literally just this podcast that we're currently on right Ooh. now but i can't plug it while we're on it so you know that's for another time that there that's too meta this is a community that's episode baby meta. this is too meta yeah. too meta timmy's well. gonna take notes on this meta content right here <laughs> Well, that's it for today's episode. Um, Love wins, show whole. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.